Husker Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. Hi, Matt. Hi, Britton. What's up? Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Why, thank you. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? Going to Albion. Nice. You're going to have turkey? And a hamlet. What's a hamlet? A small ham. <laughs> it's not a fictional character created by Shakespeare that you're going to be eating? Nope. That's good. I, th- I think a small ham would be the more delicious choice there. One of our guests is not a fan of turkey, so I'm going to get a hamlet. Uh, do you remember in the olden days when you could just cook things and people came over and ate them? Yeah. It doesn't work like that anymore. No. I mean, he said, don't even worry about it, but... You worried about it. I worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a fun one, right? I mean, uh, I thought we could actually talk about uh, houses and house styles, and that's how we're going to get back to Thanksgiving here. Because, well, since Thanksgiving has been around longer than San Francisco, what people want out of their house has definitely changed. That is a true story. And I'm thinking about formal dining rooms and a buyer we once had who looked me in the face and said, point blank, formal dining rooms are a waste of space. Do you agree with that? I have one. <laughs> I don't know that we use it very often, and I don't know that we ever formally dine, uh, but I like it as a room. Yeah. I mean, I don't think a formal dining room is a waste of space. I think that if, I mean, I guess if you're in one of those sprawling mansions where people have, you know, land and you have your eat-in kitchen and your breakfast bar and a formal dining room... Maybe you don't need a formal dining room, but in, here in San Francisco, you need a place to put a table. And if you're lucky enough to have a room to put it in, you're lucky. This reminds me of a, an enormous and wickedly expensive, amongst the most expensive homes in San Francisco that we saw a couple of years ago. And as we were touring it, the seller was home. And in the enormous formal dining room with a table that probably sat 18 uh, easily. I mean, it, it was just a very impressive room. And at the corner of the table in the formal dining room, a high chair was a <laughs> and a baby eaten for the very, you know, like uh, baby first have babies too. But the formal dining room, it was just <laughs> they were raising that baby to be formal. <laughs> Like, we've got this room and we're going to take advantage of it. Because they weren't using the breakfast nook or any of the other available spaces. It was just, it was very, um, we often show and see homes when they're staged and prepped to look their best and not necessarily how they're used on the day to day. And we actually, you know, happen to catch a, a family using their house like they used it on a day to day when everyone's not looking. The baby is not part of this baby. <laughs> um, you know, but I think the, the point there being the, it used to be, you know, the, the layout, the Victorian classic layout is a lot of small rooms. Um, and not laid out well because they, you would walk in the front door and the living room would be to the right or the left. And then there's usually a double parlor where you could have additional living space or one of the bedrooms. And these days it's usually one of the bedrooms. And then a bathroom off the hall, usually a split bath. And then another bedroom, and then the dining room and the kitchen at the back. And everything was chopped up in small rooms, probably for heating purposes, because, I mean, everything was just a small room. Exactly. And now everyone wants completely the opposite. Like they, they want... One big 
open room, right? Well, living, dining, kitchen. Living, dining, kitchen. Uh, one, one big open grand space. Uh, cause if you have folks over, everyone, no matter the size, no matter what you're doing, it seems like inevitably everyone ends up in the kitchen. It's true. It's true. So why not, you know, just kind of open it up and, and make the kitchen accessible to everyone, which is such a, a different idea than what people wanted, you know, 100, 150 years ago, where, you know, it's like, hide that and you don't see it. Uh, and to your point, like everything was encapsulated. And I think heat uh, is a great reason. I've always wondered. I, I mean, I, I actually heard that somewhere. I don't think it was the internet, so it might actually be true. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this, this idea that, you know, um, a layout of a home, you know, kind of in some way reflects cultural attitudes or norms or values. And you can kind of really see how that's changed over the years, you know, especially like in our older neighborhoods where you've got, you know, uh, Victorians that have been renovated, you know, the renovated Victorian is kind of, uh, the most desired property in, in many cases because you have the, the kind of the character, the charm on the outside, and you know and then someone you blow has out all the walls, blow the out all the walls on the inside, and and drop in something really open. Well, and you think about the time periods that um, followed the Victorian era, and the layouts started to make a lot more sense. Um, and by about 1920, 1930, here in San Francisco, the living oh, barrel room, front marina, <laughs> exactly. The living room and dining room got pulled they, in, in, the, in that era and more and more layouts, you would see the living room and dining room in the front and then the kitchen behind it. And then the bedrooms at the very back and the, and the bathroom in the hallway. So it was almost the idea that you, as I, I'm just kind of thinking about this, but we started with like the Victorian layout and it was just rooms and it was rooms used kind of for whatever. Um, and as things evolve, we get to this, this next kind of like 1920s, 30s, and you start to see this delineation between the public rooms for kind of public life, you know, living and bedrooms, right? And like the bedrooms suddenly become much more defined and then, you know, the typical location and typical size with typical features. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that was the other interest, you know, Victorians have tiny closets if they have them at all, or, you know, what they had for a bathroom back then was the sink. That was in the room where you slept, and that was that was all you needed. Ew! <laughs> Don't be in the sink, Matt. <laughs> I wasn't even going there. Figured they had a bucket for that. Um, the chamber pot. The chamber pot, exactly. You're not even lying. <laughs> Why? Thank you. I think. But um, yeah, it's it's the one thing you wouldn't expect uh, Victorians and lofts to have in common is that they don't have closets. Hang on. Is that true? Lofts have closets. Well, like some of the conversion lofts did a good job building in closet space, but like the loft in a box circa 2000, I can think of a couple buildings where like the developer didn't even bother to build closets on the mezzanine level. Well, that was stupid. <laughs> they were live work lofts and clearly they thought they'd be working in the sleeping mezzanine. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That was, that was crazy. But no, I mean, as a general rule, I mean, Victorians and Edwardians tend to have a lot less closet space. This is true. So apparently we have a lot more outfits now. It, that is very true. Laundry. Yeah. Right. People like, do laundry now. Yeah. You know, I mean, Victorians weren't built with a laundry room. Eventually they, I mean, they added on the laundry porch in a lot of cases. Right. And the I guess sometimes they were built with the laundry porch, but yeah, that's what you got. The porch. Yeah. To do the laundry. Yeah, they were, it was like, it was beyond the time when you would just beat your laundry on the rocks, right? 
a little bit, right? Yeah. This was civilization. This was city living. We'd, we'd given up the rocks for a porch. <laughs> what are some of your other favorite layouts in San Francisco? Um, I like the, um, the more modern ones. Um, just because I'm sort of a fan of that. And I'm not going to say open concept because that phrase just grinds my gears. But you just said it. I, well, <laughs> I watched House Hunters last night. And when Brian and I watch House Hunters or one of those shows where people say open concept or very unique, both of those make a vein explode in my forehead. Tell me more. Um, I know why very unique makes a vein almost explode in your forehead. <laughs> but open the concept. open concept, what's that about? Well, I mean, what is it or why does it bug me? <laughs> the second one. It's just, it sounds like a manufactured thing. It's an, it's an open floor plan. It's not a concept. It's, I mean, it's more than a concept. It's open. It is what it is. Hey, everyone, here's my open idea. I, I, it's just... A concept is one of those words that people like use to make it sound like something that it's not, right? Yeah. I mean... Don't, you don't hey, have... everyone, here's my big room without walls. Exactly. <laughs> is that your big concept? Yes, yeah. yes, it is. Yeah. I'd be very thankful to take it back to take this back to the theme of this podcast if people wouldn't say open concept anymore. All right. So hopping off of that topic and uh and back to another preference that's changed over the years, gas or electric in the kitchen. Oh dude, gas. Except for if you're making cookies and then you want electric. Well that's true. I mean or, the pinnacle is the dual fuel, am I not correct? Well, there's also induction, which is electric and is supposed to be amaze balls. And um I have used it. We've sold some induction. Yeah, properties. we have. Yeah. Yeah. The one um, on 17th Street just a couple weeks ago. Um there's one on 20th Street, a little further back, and some other ones. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of them. Um but that one typically it, it's a, a condo issue. Um because if the condo was plumbed for gas and, and they put um then everyone's got it. And if they didn't, then you're just straight out of luck. So for folks that like to cook, um, you know, that can be an issue. Although even in some buildings like the Palms, um, all of the lower floors have electric, but the penthouse levels, the two upper levels have gas. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, you could get around that with induction on the lower levels if you wanted. Well, I love when I walk into a single family home, see an electric range. The first thing people say is, can we put gas in here? And you're like, I already did. <laughs> and the, um, I mean, the answer is yes. Pretty much every house in San Francisco has, I mean, well, I'm, I might be wrong, but a single family home, you can probably get gas into it if it's not already there for one of the, um, other appliances. Yeah. You know, because even if, uh, they didn't take it to the kitchen, um, there are very few homes that didn't have like some kind of gas powered heating in them. Right. Although I'm thinking of, Diamond Heights Village, which was a neighborhood built out in the 60s and 70s. And you can actually walk the sidewalks of Diamond Heights Village. This is something I do in my spare time. I'm not too ashamed to admit it. And there's plaques that they installed in the sidewalk, uh, heralding that it was like the neighborhood of the future because it used electricity and only electricity, of course, during 1970s energy shock. I remember um, seeing houses in other places I've lived where they have like the, you know, oh, this is an all electric house. Yeah. And yeah. Those are the medallions like buried in, in the sidewalk in Diamond yeah. Heights, um, which is crazy because that's not considered the future now. It's not. <laughs> not at all. So we, uh, we have a lot to be thankful for this Thanksgiving, uh, not the least of which is uh, amazing clients living in a great city. Uh, I have like this phenomenal business partner I started a brokerage with. So uh, a lot to be thankful for. 
I, I every year, I, I mean, I try to be thankful throughout the whole year, but really get reflective on it around this time. And oh my goodness, yes, we have so much to be thankful for. And uh, we're thankful for all of you out there listening in podcast land. So thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Esker Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. Wow.